Have you ever met someone who was so incredibly passionate about something that it actually made you jealous? It teaches you patience, it teaches you growth. I mean, there's nothing like it, to be honest. And I guess, I guess it's just, it's just that sense of calmness. Has it ever happened to you five times in one week? It's been nice to be able to do something and think about it without kind of tuning out what's going on. The reason that we wanted to do it is, uh, A, it would be fun for the two of us to do. Well, that feeling of envy has certainly happened to me. And I think by the end of this episode, you'll be feeling it as well. Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. My name is Taylor Seeley, and I'm standing in for our host, Kayla White, who is out on furlough. A few weeks ago, I spoke to five people about home gardening and house plants, why they do it, how they do it, and what they get from it. Plus, the historical roots of gardening through difficult epics. Now, I'm sharing what I learned so that maybe you can discover your green thumb. When the new coronavirus came to Arizona and we all started social distancing, I noticed something almost immediately after on social media. Everyone started gardening. Seriously, my old ballet teacher, a woman I tried to get an internship from in college, random people I don't remember why I started following on Twitter, pictures of backyard gardens, container gardens, houseplants, and herb plants were filling my social feeds. I figured I knew why, but I started asking around anyway. Could you explain to me sort of what is unique about home gardening or, you know, gardening right now? specifically and maybe what it could provide to you versus, say, you know, binge watching a Netflix series or um, or even reading a book, because both of those are forms of entertainment that could take mm-hmm. a bit of time. But what does gardening provide? Uh, it gets us out of the house. Um, I'm, I'm not a big sit around, watch TV, you know, read a book kind of person. I need to be doing stuff. That's Andrew Fleetwood, a Tempe resident who happened to start his home garden two months ago with his five-year-old son, because... It's kind of funny. He's big into the video game, uh, Plants vs. Zombies. If that's not the cutest thing ever, I don't know what is. Also, I never would have guessed a video game would inspire a kid to eat their veggies. Would you say, is it in any way something that you kind of rely on now that you are social distancing? Um, As far as uh, entertainment and doing stuff, then yeah. Um, We try to stay inside as much as possible. You know, we go on walks, you know, stay away from people. But I think it was last Sunday, you know, we really had exhausted kind of everything else to do. So that's when I decided I had to run irrigation lines to it. And, you know, I'm, I'm making as many little projects out of this one big big project as I can. Gardening as a way to keep entertained and enjoy family time was something I heard a lot. 
But I was also curious if another reason existed. I asked a man named Paige Rep from Tucson, who started his garden with his eight-year-old daughter, Ramona. I've read some articles that some people are looking to start home gardens because they fear a food shortage. Is that in any way applicable to you? It wasn't that I was fearing a food shortage. I was just fearing the, and fearing probably isn't the right way of saying it, but I was just concerned about, you know, having to go to the store if things, you know, progress for a long time and possible exposure and that kind of thing. Whereas we could just grow it ourselves. A, I think it would be, taste better and be better for us. And then B, it just, you can't beat that convenience of just going out to the backyard and grabbing your carrots rather than going to the store and getting your carrots. This isn't the first time people are gardening due to food shortage concerns. During World War I, Americans started what were first loosely called war gardens. By the end of the war, and still today, they're known as victory gardens, coming from the wartime campaign slogan encouraging people to, quote, sow the seeds of victory. These victory gardens came back again in World War II, when Americans started experiencing food rationing, and self-sufficiency took on a new level of importance. Here's a video from the U.S. Office of Civilian Defense, encouraging the gardens. What can we do to help win the war with food? The answer to that challenge comes from Washington, from the Office of Civilian Defense. Victory Gardens. That's the answer. To be clear, Arizona's governor, Doug Ducey, has said repeatedly that we are nowhere near close to experiencing a food shortage. Instead, the reason you're seeing so many empty shelves at the grocery store is because people have been stockpiling and grocers haven't been able to keep up with the demand. Nevertheless, I understand if people would rather take matters into their own hands. And personally, I am really bored right now, so gardening sounds like a lot of fun. But as someone who has killed literally every plant she has ever owned, including succulents, which are allegedly the easiest to keep alive, I wanted to find out how to start a garden from the experts. So here's how to garden, according to Angelica Elliott and Maria Coca. Angelica Elliott is the assistant director of public horticulture at Desert Botanical Garden. Maria Coca is a 15-year gardener who is just a few weeks away from graduating as a certified associate master gardener from the University of Arizona. So first you have to find an area in your landscape that receives at least six to eight hours of sunlight. So pretty much full sun, because a lot of our vegetables need full sun in order for them to grow, you know, whether it's lettuce or whether it's um, tomatoes. Um, so you need to have at least an area that receives six or eight hours of sunlight. That's Angelica. Because you want to make sure that it's that you can easily access your, your, your garden and water it without having to be super burdensome to you. And that's Maria. So let's say that you have that. You have the perfect location. You have the water access to it. So now you put this little, you know, square box. And you could do that 
box out of anything. It could be out of wood. I particularly like to use redwood or cedar. Those are the two hardier woods that, you know, that do better outside and they don't, they don't rot. Uh, but you could also do anything like pavers or um, really anything to create some sort of layout so that you can visually see where your planting area is. In case you had a hard time hearing that, Maria said she prefers hardier woods, like redwood or cedar wood. But you don't really have to make a box. It's more just a canvas for your future masterpiece. Maria also recommends pulling any weeds that may exist. And then the second thing, this is uh, for uh, you know Arizona, is you have to amend the soil. And what I mean by that is you can either use a, a compost or well-rotted um, manure. Our Arizona soil is clayish, so it compacts very firmly, so it traps water and it doesn't allow for a lot of drainage. So I like to add like sand or crushed granite or even lava rock to the top of that soil. In case I didn't make it clear enough, I am a complete gardening amateur. Hence the next question I asked. Where do you, because I was thinking in my head, I was thinking like a bag of soil from the store, but it sounds like that is different. Do you mean like literally pulling up, you know, kind of the earth and making that your soil or? Both. Yeah, I like to mix the native Arizona soil with the store-bought compost or gardening soil that you get from the store. So you mix them both, and together you just kind of create this 50-50 ratio um, mixed in with some of the, the lava rock and crushed granite that you have in there. So it, it has a little bit of everything. So when you water it, the soil really gets, uh, you know, hydrated, it, but it also has those big chunks, you know, of, of the sand or the, or the crushed granite to provide some oxygen in there as well. So at this point, you've cleared a space for the garden and amended the soil with compost, sand or crushed granite, and well-decomposed manure. Then... Then once you, you either get compost or the steer manure, you know, wherever you're, you're going to be uh, growing your vegetable garden, you want to apply the compost or the manure and then uh, till it in. And that's it. So once you kind of, you know, work, incorporate that uh, compost or manure in, then, you know, just kind of rake it, smooth it out, and then you can right, right away um, plant. And then how far down do you drop in the seeds? Um, so each seed has its own requirements, and you want to follow the instructions on the bag. Um, so every every seed packet, if you turn it around, it'll give you specifications on how to deep, how, what's the distance, and all of that. Finally, you water your babies and wait. Your packet of seeds should tell you how long it takes to harvest. 30 to 60 days is pretty normal. If you're starting gardening for the thrill of it, I've heard you're in for a treat. I mean, there's nothing like it, to be honest. You plant a seed and then you water it. And then, you know, uh, a few days later, a week later, you kind of start to see this little green thing just pop its head out of nowhere, just of the ground. It just kind of breaks that ground. There's nothing like it. I, I swear, I, I'm in love with seeds and sprouting seeds and all of that. For those apartment dwellers or townhouse residents like myself who don't have a big backyard, fear not. You can do what's called container gardening. 
it's pretty much the same process. So what they'll want to use is a good quality uh, type of potting soil. And then they're going to incorporate the compost or the steer manure in their container. As far as the type of container? Um, but it doesn't really matter. You can use a terracotta pot. You can use plastic. You can use, um, you know, ceramic. It doesn't really matter. It's just, it's just the, the bigger the pot, the bigger the plant is going to get for sure. Once you've got that selected, you also have to fertilize your plants. Well, the fertilizer is because um, plant, especially fruits and vegetables, they need a lot of nutrients um, for them to produce fruit. Um, and so uh, a lot of vegetables like a lot of like the nitrogen, the phosphorus and the potassium, they, they need a lot of that um, compared, say, to, say, a native plant like a cactus. So there you have it. That's how you garden. But if you're like me and still feel somewhat overwhelmed and completely unqualified, here are some tips. First, we just talked about fertilizer. Angelica loves using organic fertilizer like fish emulsion, blood meal, or bone meal. Second, if you're going to use a container garden, do not use Arizona soil. Remember earlier when Maria described it as clay-like and therefore impermeable? Well, if it hardens in a container... What happens is it, it starts to form almost like, a, like an adobe brick. And it gets so hard in that container. And if it gets hard, your, your, your vegetables are going to have a really hard time growing in that adobe brick. Tip three. If you're getting into gardening more for the food than the process, or if you know you're someone who tends to get discouraged easily, Angelica and Maria said it's a good idea to start with transplants. That means purchasing a plant from a nursery that's already been started. For a starting gardener, I would actually recommend transplants because you you want to fall in love with, with the idea of gardening and you know, starting from seeds, it's a little riskier because you plant a seed and it may or may not sprout, depending if you got a good batch of seeds. Tip four. Whether you choose seeds or transplants, here's some advice for newbie gardeners on which plants to choose. One other thing that you have to keep in mind, especially here in Arizona, is that um, we have cool season vegetables and warm season vegetables. So right now, because it's spring and summer, you want to plant your what we call um, your fruit bearing vegetables like your eggplants, your chilies, your tomatoes, um, your pumpkins. And then in the winter months, that's when you plant your leafy stuff like your cabbage, your lettuce. Um, if you were to try to grow lettuce right now, um, you have a really hard time growing lettuce or cabbage because it's, it's too hot. This isn't the season for it. So remember, fruit-bearing vegetables is summer or spring-summer, and then your leafy vegetables are in the fall-winter months. And finally, tip five, Arizona summers are harsh. Plants love sun, but even they can get sick of it you'll want to consider placing a sunshade over your plants and being more attentive to the soil's moisture level. I'm fairly confident that at this point, I've given you every possible piece of information necessary to start a fruit or vegetable garden. 
And to be honest, if you don't tag us in your gardening photos going forward, I'm going to take it personally. On Twitter, you can tag us at valley101pod. And if I haven't persuaded you thus far to start a garden, I think I know just the person who will do the trick. My name is Christy Streety, and I live in northwest Peoria. I met Christy through a Facebook group I found called Maricopa County Houseplant Enthusiasts. When we hopped on a Zoom video call, she greeted me with a panoply of houseplants as her backdrop. It was beautiful. Okay, can you see me? I have a background of plants. That is amazing, and I see it, and I love it. (laughs) She was quite possibly the most passionate person I have ever met, and an absolute ray of sunshine to speak to. Oh yeah, so houseplant people are like best friends right off the bat. Everyone who loves houseplants loves everyone who loves houseplants. And the great thing about houseplants is it's not competitive at all, and no one's really judgy. I thought this was absolutely perfect given the crazy world we all live in today. Maybe gardening isn't really your thing, but who couldn't use a little bit of connection right now? I think that everyone wants to care for something, and everyone cares for each other. And when you're social, you are able to share that with people. And so caring for a plant, you know, gives you a little bit of that boost. And greenery, in my opinion, just kind of gives you a little bit of a pick-me-up. So if you're feeling down or if you're lonely, just having a plant in the room really helps. Um, And then, like I said, if you decide to do it and you decide to become a member of a community like Facebook or Instagram or wherever you want to go, there's other people out there that you can connect with on a positive level. I'm not going to go through an entire lesson on how to be a successful houseplant owner because that could be an entire podcast series on its own. But if this sounds like something you're interested in, here's where to start. So everyone should have a pothos, and I mean that as to whether or not you want to be a houseplant lover or not. Everyone should have a pothos in their house. It's a great plant. I actually have 17 different pothos. That's everyone's starter plant, definitely pothos. And why is that? Um, They're easy. They're very, very forgiving. You can forget to water them. They'll get kind of droopy. They'll look pretty rough. You can give it water, and it'll come right back to life. Or you can even let them sit in water, which most plants cannot sit in water because they will rot. And pothos will handle that as well. They'll even grow in water. So, A pothos is a vining plant. Some people put it on shelves so it can hang down. And some people position it so the vines can climb up walls. The leaves are heart-shaped, which makes it easy to confuse them with philodendron and scandapsis. So be sure to double-check. From there, maybe you'll become a pro like Christy one day, with over a hundred houseplants of your own. If there's one thing I learned from all these gardeners, it's that the journey doesn't stop. Once you've picked out your houseplant, or you've selected your fruits and vegetables, you enjoy. Not just the plant itself, but what you've learned along the way. What I like the most about it is that you grow with the plants, um, which is kind of cheesy, but it teaches you patience, it teaches you growth. You are constantly learning new things because when you try a new plant, you kind of have to get to know it and you have to know its needs. And then 
it works both ways, you know, you kind of become friends with the plant um, and it teaches you something and you teach it something. That's all for today's episode of Valley 101. I hope you enjoy your victory gardens. Please tag us in your photos. Again, we are at Valley101Pod on Twitter. Also, I realize it might be difficult to pick up supplies for gardening if you're social distancing. I would encourage you to search for local nurseries and call them. Many are still open and offering pickup and delivery if you shop online. Some also have options to book appointments to visit the nursery to select your plant. If you want your question answered on Valley 101, submit it to us at valley101.azcentral.com. All right, see you next week.